It's time for a bedtime story. Today's Christmas bedtime story is Charlie's Christmas Owl by Leslie Rawlinson. Charlie has always wanted an owl. He has written to Father Christmas to ask if he can help and as the snow swirls around Charlie's house on Christmas Eve, he sees something magical outside his window. Has his dream come true? Who is the mysterious person Charlie comes to the rescue of in a snowdrift? And will Dad get home in time for Christmas? Charlie's Christmas Owl Charlie wanted an owl. He loved the way they glided silently through the sky at night and hooted from their roosts in the treetops. In bed at night, he would sometimes hear the shriek of a barn owl, and if he was lucky, he would see its ghostly shape drifting across the fields. Charlie knew he would never have a pet owl. They were wild birds and not meant to be kept as pets. But that didn't stop him telling Father Christmas about his wish when he wrote his letter a few weeks ago. Just an owl, he explained, to come and roost in the tree near his bedroom window. Maybe perch on his window ledge, watching him with those big, unblinking eyes. Now it was Christmas Eve, and Charlie sat in the dark, staring through his window, watching snowflakes swirl past and settle on the garden below. Mum was downstairs with baby Rosie getting very cross and snappy because Dad was late home and there was so much to do. Charlie could hear Rosie squealing in her pram while Mum clattered pans around in the kitchen. It looked as if tea would be late tonight. Charlie sighed and pressed his nose against the cold glass. He hoped Dad would be home soon because he knew Mum was worrying about the snow blocking the narrow lanes which led to their village. The mound of snow on the fence post at the bottom of the garden looked remarkably like an owl, thought Charlie, as he rubbed at the steamed up window. In fact, it looked exactly like a snowy owl, which was silly because there weren't any in the countryside near his house. Also, thought Charlie as he squinted hard to see through the snowstorm, it wasn't moving at all and it couldn't possibly be. Just then, as Charlie started to turn away, the shape moved. <gasps> he gasped in amazement as it ruffled its snowy white wings and turned a pair of huge dark eyes to look towards his window. With a thud, Charlie was off the bed and racing down the stairs. He hurtled into the kitchen, grabbing his wellies and hopping around the room to try and get them on. His coat was on the peg behind the door 
and as he pulled it on, his mum appeared with Rosie in her arms. Where are you going? she demanded, as he tugged his woolly hat over his ears. I'm going to watch for Dad, replied Charlie quickly. I, I won't go far. Stay in the garden, called Mum, as he slipped through the door and slammed it shut behind him. Outside, the wind and snow stung his face, and Charlie screwed up his eyes to try and see the end of the garden. As he did, the owl suddenly appeared out of the swirling snow, and its wings softly brushed his cheeks as it flew past and round the side of the house. Trying hard not to slip, Charlie followed the owl. It was hard to make out the snowy white shape in the snowy world, but it seemed to be waiting for him, encouraging him to follow. Thankfully, the snowfall began to ease a bit and Charlie was able to see his new friend perched on the garden gate. As he picked his way through the deep snow, the owl glided silently up the lane and perched on the barn roof near the corner. As Charlie made his way along the village street, he never took his eyes off the bird. They were just coming to a bend in the road when the sound of an engine made him stop. Round the corner roared a huge snowplow, lights blazing, and Charlie just had time to jump onto the bars of a field gate and avoid being buried in the bank of snow it pushed to the sides of the road. The monster roared away and Charlie heaved a huge sigh of relief. Heart thumping furiously, he jumped down and scrambled through the snowdrift and stumbled back onto the lane. As he brushed the snow off his coat, he looked around to find the owl, but it had vanished. Frantically, Charlie looked left and right and over the wall into the field. Nothing. Only endless snow and a sky full of stars as the snow clouds drifted away. Sad and shivering now, Charlie began to trudge back down the lane. Now he'd never know why the snowy owl was there. Or had he imagined it all? At that moment, a small sound came out of the darkness. Charlie stopped and listened. Was it the call of an owl? He listened hard, his breath sparkling with frost in front of his face. Help! Please help! Someone was in trouble. Charlie listened again, trying to work out where the voice was coming from. It was coming from just past where Charlie had met the snowplow. Was someone stuck in a drift? Without thinking, Charlie turned round and slipping and sliding made his way back. He knew there was a bench where people could sit and watch the world go by on sunny days. Perhaps someone was trapped on the bench when the snowplow went by. Sure enough, as he came up to where the bench was, he could see a small figure struggling to get up. Hang on, I'll help you, called Charlie as he got nearer. 
he could now see that a little old man was sitting on the bench, half buried under a huge pile of snow, swept there by the plough. Oh, thank goodness, cried the little man. I thought I was stuck here for the night. That would be a disaster. Quickly, Charlie, give me your hand. Charlie reached out his hand and the old man gripped it firmly. With a heave, he managed to pull him upright and then slowly the old man pushed his way through the drift, Charlie holding his hands to steady him. At last, with a cry of delight, he stumbled out onto the road and to Charlie's surprise began to do a little jig of delight. He was dressed in a very shabby brown coat and the black boots and white hair stuck out from under a woolly scarf tied around his head. His bushy beard was fringed with frost and as he danced Charlie could see red trousers under his coat. Eventually he stopped for breath and grabbing Charlie's hand again pumped it up and down crying thank you thank you thank you then before Charlie could reply, the old man turned round and cupping his hands around his mouth, gave a piercing whistle. To Charlie's delight and amazement, out of the darkness loomed the shape of his snowy owl. It glided down and settled on the old man's shoulder. Now then, my friend, he said gently tickling the owl's beautiful feathers. We have much still to do, and time is ticking by. He turned to Charlie, who was staring speechlessly at the owl. You have been a good friend to me. I hope you have your Christmas stocking ready for tonight's visitor. Charlie shook himself and blinked. Oh, oh yes, yes I have, and... He glanced at his watch. I'm going to have to go. Mum will be cross with me. I was only going to look out for Dad, but I saw the owl and thought he wanted me to follow him. His friend laughed, a deep rumbling sound which made Charlie grin. Well, he must have known you could help me. Now, where did I leave? Frowning, he turned round and looked up and down the road. Charlie was just about to ask what he'd lost when a faint jingling sound came from the fields nearby. Aha! exclaimed the little man. There they are. Goodbye, Charlie. And without another word, he turned and disappeared into the darkness. The owl, though, came swooping back to Charlie and he felt the huge, soft wings brush against his face, blurring his eyes. Then he too was gone. Charlie stood still for a moment, rubbing his eyes. Then he scrambled up to the wall and peered over into the field. There was nothing to be seen except some hoof prints in the snow. Charlie stared at them thoughtfully for a while. Then slowly he turned and began to walk back through the village, just as the snow started to fall again. He'd only taken a few steps though when the sound of an engine and the movement of headlights made him turn. 
A familiar car came slowly along the road, coming to a halt beside him. Dad, cried Charlie excitedly, tumbling through the door and almost landing on top of his father. We thought you'd never get here. Dad laughed. If it hadn't been for the snowplow, I might well have been stuck, he said. Now, come on, let's get home. Later that night, Charlie snuggled down in his bed, listening to Mum and Dad talking and laughing downstairs. Rosie was asleep in her cot next door. The stocking was at the foot of his bed and the snow was falling steadily outside. Sleepily, Charlie wondered again about his adventure. Who was the little old man? What could have been waiting in the field? And how did he know Charlie's name? It was early next morning that Charlie got his answer. As he rummaged in his stocking at the foot of the bed before anyone else was awake, what do you think he found? A magnificent pair of binoculars to go out and watch all the birds and a lovely toy owl. Not just any owl, but a perfect snowy owl. And tied to its leg was a small piece of paper with a message just for him. Here is your very own owl, Charlie. Thank you for rescuing me from the snow. Love from Father Christmas. So that was Charlie and the Christmas Owl. Such a beautiful story by Leslie Rawlinson. And Leslie joins us today. So welcome, Leslie. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. This really is such a beautiful story. So what made you write this particular tale? Well, it's it goes back to when I was teaching, actually. Um, I had a, a year one class. And amongst the lovely children I had in my class, there was a little boy whose name was Charlie. Mm -hmm. um, He's a Charlie. I'm <laughs> picturing him already. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, this, this, this Charlie, he was one of those children who was finding it hard to engage with the hard things in life, like learning to write and learning to read. Um, an absolutely lovely child, but he struggled. Every time he had to sit down and pick up a pencil, life became one big chore. And... Uh, I, I, I got on really, really well with him, but it was, he was one of those children where you think if only I could find something which would just, just inspire him. Yeah. And anyway, uh, one particular day he came in and he said to me, I'm, Miss, I'm leaving um, the family. We're moving out of the area. And so I was, you know, I was really sorry to see him go. And I said, when are you leaving? And he said, oh, in, in, in about a week. And a couple of days later, we were having a lesson in the classroom, which I brought a picture up on the whiteboard. And it was a picture of a garden. And there were all birds in the trees. And we were talking about the picture. And suddenly this little voice piped up saying, that's a goldfinch. And I, I looked at him and I said, oh, 
yes, you're right, Charlie, it is a goldfinch. And that there's a starling, and there's a sparrow, and, and I think that that's a, that's a magpie. And I'm, hang on a minute. I said, how do you know the names of all these birds? He said, I go bird watching with my nana. And Aww. I've got a pair, he said, I've got a pair of binoculars. And I <laughs> um, so he said, I go out with my nan and she takes me and I watch all the birds. And I, I said to him, uh, I said, I wish I'd known this before. I said, one day, Charlie, I'm going to write a story about you. <laughs> and he looked at me as if to say, nah. But <laughs> I mean, he would now be at secondary school. He's at high school now. So I don't know. So does uh, he know then that you've written this story based on that I don't kind of think, scene? I don't think he does. I don't think he does, no. I don't think he ever found out that I'd written a story about him. And I just hope he still goes out bird watching with his nan. It would be lovely if he did. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Yeah. So do you have a mascot? Because you've got one for your other stories. So do you have an owl mascot? I do. I have a beautiful <laughs> snowy owl mascot. Um, uh, very similar to one that was in the Harry Potter film, if, as you might recall. Oh, yes. Know um, it well. We know it well. But um, yes, I have got uh, Charlie's Christmas owl who comes to meet, to meet the children when I go into school. And does he have a name? Well, he doesn't really. No, I mean he's just Charlie's Christmas owl, and I, I don't want to call him Hedwig because I was he's say not. You don't call him Hedwig, then. <laughs> no, no. I mean, if perhaps people can have a think about it, what what should I call him? I mean, I could call him just Snowy, but I'm sure there's better names for a Christmas owl. You could put a competition out there, couldn't you? A Christmas competition. I could. I could indeed. Yes, that would be a good idea. So how many Christmas stories are in your book? This is from the uh, Christmas Woodpecker Tree, isn't yes, it? Yes, the Christmas Tales from the Woodpecker Tree. Um, there are seven stories in total in the book, uh, all different lengths, suiting all ages, really. You know, children uh, who are four, five, six might enjoy look, listening to them or reading them themselves. It's one or two that might suit older children as well. Yeah, I don't think you really ever go out of kiddies' books, do you? I think even now oh, I like no. to read them. No, even though no, they wouldn't let no. on, but they do like reading the Christmas tales, yeah, I think. they do. Oh, they do. So are you planning to write any more woodpecker tree stories in the future? Um, yes, we have. Um, at the moment, we have a book which is uh, with the illustrator and with the editor, so hopefully... Magical Tales from the Woodpecker Tree will be coming out sometime in 2021. Yes. Um, I, I spend most of my time now, I'm writing novels. I've written one full-length novel for older children and I've just finished the first draft of, a ne of the next one. So I'm focusing more on writing longer stories at the moment. But Whenever an idea comes along, I, write, I might write a short story and who knows, there could be another woodpecker tree story, um, story collection at some point in the future. So are you writing, you said you're writing a children's novel, but it's kind of what, for more teenagers, is it, do you think? Uh, no, I would say more for sort of 10, 10 to 12 year olds. Yeah, because I think yeah. it's a really hard genre when you, when you kind of reach the teen years, isn't it, to write... Those, it is what's correct is. what isn't you know what's you know yeah. peace and also children have um different likes and dislikes and what might suit one 12 13 14 year old 
isn't necessarily right for someone who still likes the youngest type of fiction, if you like. Yeah. So it's a question of finding the balance. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, once again, it's been lovely talking to you, Leslie, and I wish you all the best with your magical woodpecker tales. And, thank um, you very much. We'll, yeah, we'll wait to see what happens in 2021. Well, thank you very much indeed, and a happy Christmas to everyone. Yes, and you. Bedtime Stories is sponsored by Team Author UK, independent publishers. If you have a fabulous story to tell, get in touch, as they excel at helping writers just like you. Visit their website at www.teamauthoruk.co.uk or on their social media platforms at Team Author UK.